Get your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck into pop culture With Stick Around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around The all-white liberal podcast that would have voted for Obama a third time Will We American? Sponsored by Sex Burger, the bareback burger joint that serves all its burgers with gentleman's relish. Ooh. Oh my goodness. I bet that exists in London. <laughs> in, that, in that London. Yeah. Up the London. Yeah, we're going to talk about some films later on that only exist in the London. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if it weren't for Alex's single-handed journalistic effort. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes the cultural hegemony is just too strong. Oh, to what fight. the hell? You've already broken the word machine with that. I don't even know what that means. Look at you with your lubricious tongue. Okay. Okay, so um, this is films episode, I'm going to say 20. Uh, yeah, maybe 21, who knows? Yep, so this is a films episode anyway. And I'm uh, David Peeling, and I'm joined here today by Alex Wayne. Yo. Um, Michael Johnson. That'll be me. And Clive Fisher. Hello! Um, <laughs> as you can tell, Clive is um, at a distance at the moment, but um, I'm sure as he gets closer, he'll probably get lower and lower pitched. I think that's, if I remember that right from my physics. Um, yeah, I think that's how it works, yeah. Yeah. So, um, have we been watching a lot of films today? Up to today, even. Well, not today, but a shitload of films in general. Yeah, I've. Um, in terms of new releases, I have watched one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven films, new films since we last recorded. I'm only going to talk about two of them in any detail, but um, yeah, a hell of a lot of films. Michael, and I, I've seen two, <clears throat> two in total. So. <laughs> <laughs> just to balance that out I'll, I'll talk about both of them how about you Dave have you seen a lot of films um, I've seen quite a lot of films for me I think um, I've seen four or five I think since the last time we did this mm. it's one of the benefits or disadvantages depending on how much you want to listen to one of our podcasts of um, not recording a films episode since the other side of the Oscars season yeah I mean I've seen all of the uh, Oscar nominated films I think since we last recorded um, all you know, Oscar nominated films well <laughs> all, all the best picture nominated what about foreign language cartoon <laughs> uh, yes ah. it's um, it's a all, film all of... nominees yep every single one of them um, <laughs> okay. go on hit me, hit me with one I'll, I'll tell you if I've seen it <laughs> <laughs> um, what about um, the Moroccan's cheese yes Oh, interesting. Okay. Was that a film or is that a, a dish? Oh, it's, oh, Michael, it's it's best <laughs> short documentary in a foreign language. That's what it is. Shit. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, okay. anyway, there's been a lot of good films as well, actually. Um, nothing negative to say this week, which is good. Don't spoil it, I know. <laughs> <laughs> people need to tune in for your rant. A lot of people just turn this off. <laughs> All right, I'll think of something shit. <laughs> yeah, think of something shit. <laughs> no, I mean, there was an Oscar winner that was fairly shit, but I think we've spoken about it before. 
Oh yes, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, Oscar, Oscar what, winning Oscar film, for? Suicide Squad. Best hair and makeup. Which Best is, hair and oh, makeup. That's, that's not an Oscar. Which is basically <laughs> like the EDL fans oh, just... <laughs> cup. EDL fans. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Or Tommy Robinson oh, and Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, you didn't can buy, you make... can buy an EDL van in any colour as long as it's white. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, I don't think it made any more sense if I'd said EDF because they're not a van company, are they? <laughs> but you're thinking of LDV vans. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Are they still in business? I Do they even so. make vans anymore? Leyland Daff. <laughs> Christ. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not buying a mini metro. <laughs> How about you, Clive? Seen any films? Uh, hi. Uh, I have seen lots of films, yeah, about seven or eight so far of 2017 releases. So most of the ones you are going to be talking about, I think I've seen, so it should be quite a overlappy show. Is that, a, is that cool. a word? Yeah. Well, it is now. It, it is, is now. now, yeah. Take that, Michael Johnson. Yeah, it's better than your word. <laughs> you, you dick. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind uh, of worried for the people at home that that transition might have been too seamless and they won't have realised that Clive wasn't here at the very start. <laughs> yeah, I just, want to, just want to clear that up. I joined halfway through and, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it was messy. was, in fact, just an impression that I was doing earlier. Just an impression. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> So um, let's get straight into <laughs> well, I look the. Forward re- to hearing that. <laughs> Shall we get straight into the reviews then? We've got a busy day ahead. Um, uh-huh. Why don't we start with Alex Wayne? What's your first film? Right. Okay. Uh, the, I'm going to talk about the latest film I've seen. Actually, um, I'm going to talk about Get Out, uh, which is a horror come thriller come satire. Uh, directed but directed and written by Jordan Peele, who is better known as a comedian. I believe he's done a lot of Saturday Night Live. Um, stars um, British actor Daniel Kaluuya, who people might know from the 15 Million Merits episode of Black Mirror, and and from I believe Skins as well. Uh, also stars Alison Williams, who people might know from Girls. Uh, Bradley Whitford, who you might know his face, but you probably won't know anything he's been in. And uh, Catherine Keener. Basic plot: um, Daniel Kaluuya plays Chris, who is going out with Alison Williams as Rose. Uh, he's been taken to see her parents for the first time, but he's a little bit concerned because she hasn't told them that he's black. Uh, they are a very wealthy white middle class, uh, upper middle class family living in a kind of a mini mansion, which is very secluded. Uh, but she she assures him that her parents would have voted for Obama a third time, given the choice. Um, <laughs> something that her dad actually confirms, quite literally, uh, later on in the plot. Um, they arrive, and there's something not quite right from the start. Um, they've got black servants who seem to be somewhat unusual, but something you can't quite put your finger on. And there's something of a an undercurrent which, while isn't... I don't know, in-your-face kind of aggressive. There's a certain passive aggressivity to it. Um, anything to say any more would be a spoiler, but this is an absolutely outstanding uh, piece of work. Um, I would describe it as a scorching and wholly original film with a genuine subversive edge. I laughed. I certainly jumped out of my seat once or twice. And I 
the entire time sat there thinking, how on earth did you write and or perform this? Um, this is satire at its finest, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I mean, Jordan Peele, the director, I was reading an interview with him, talks of similarities between comedy and horror. Uh, obviously, he's primarily a comedy performer. But you can see what he means in terms of the timing. This film just knows exactly when to ratchet up the tension, knows exactly when to play with the audience. And the fact that it deals with racism, which isn't overt, you know, these aren't, you know, rednecks out in, you know, the middle of nowhere, you know, using the N-word, um, calling people boy. These are liberal, white, middle-class people who say to, to Chris, my man, and, you know, um, call him brother. And, um, and while there's... It, it, the film just takes a very original take on kind of sort of racism in America, but does it in a way that isn't cloying, you know, isn't, um, isn't preachy, does it in a, as I said, genuinely subversive way. Um, there's parts of it that I would dearly love to discuss in detail, but would absolutely ruin the film. But da Daniel Cloyer is absolutely superb for uh, uh, it, The film actually got a lot of publicity re recently because of comments made by Samuel L. Jackson, uh, talking about how he felt that a British actor probably shouldn't have played that role, as it's an African-American experience. Don't really have too much to say on that, but Daniel Cloyer is superb in this. Um, as is Alison Williams, actually. I haven't really seen Girls. Do you know who that is, Michael? You're mm -hmm. a Girls fan? I do, yeah. Yeah, she, she performs... That's Marnie. As... Yes, but there you go, yeah. she's uh, she. I don't know what she's like in Girls, but in this, she plays this kind of kooky, kind of like Instagram-y, white, sort of middle-class girl, all with awkward smiles and glances... And it's, it's a, a subtle performance that really kind of makes the film. Um, and Catherine Keener is also really good in this. Um, I can't recommend this enough. Um, as I said, don't go into this thinking this is going to be some preachy, you know, oversaturated film about racism. This is this will make you laugh and it will also horrify you. Um, and it will surprise you as well. Um, unless you've had your expectations rose so high by this review that you're expecting everything. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I loved it. Um, I would happily see this again. In fact, I suspect that there are layers to this film that I didn't notice the first time round. Um, but yeah, absolutely brilliant film. Um, I'm surprised Michael hasn't seen it yet because he would love this. I suspect both of you would too. Um, mm. Clive, have you seen this yet? I think did you have it? I've not. I've heard excellent things, so it's on the list to go and see. I just don't know who I'm going to see it with because with it being a horror, it might be uh, tricky to find a. It's not compatriot. It's but, not. Um, it's not like straight horror. It's um, right. Yeah, I'm, yeah. It's psychological, I'm, is it? Yeah, uh, I mean, certainly there's a moment in it which I would say bears resemblance to it. Follows. Um, right. But it's not even as much of a straight horror as that is. It, it's it's more of a thriller, I would say, with horror elements. Right. Okay. But then again, it's it's more of a satire than anything else. So cool. make of that. No, what I, you will, I, but. I'm really interested in this, definitely. So I'm excited to see it, especially after your glowing review. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's preposterous, but it's brilliant. But you know, <laughs> all the best satire is preposterous, I would say. Yeah, you won't you won't regret it, and it's. This sounds this sounds like a bit of a small point after what I've said, but it's the perfect length as well. I think it's only it comes in at about an hour and a half, and far too often films like this I think kind of 
they've shot their wood already and you know they're trying to mm. push some rope and it's just not it's just not happening anymore um, this <laughs> right. film this film is perfectly paced and timed like a good comedy routine as somebody like Jordan Peele would be an expert in um, yeah go and see this did you have any interest in this Dave? yeah I was in a similar position to Clive though not kind of um, I'm not an enormous fan of horror movies and um but yeah, I, I I will. I will definitely get round to it, yeah. Mm. Yeah, highly recommended. And you will love Excellent. it, Michael. Mm-hmm. You yeah. will love it. Yeah, I definitely want to see it now. Yeah. Mm. Well, why don't we stay oop north? Um, <laughs> Michael, uh, what did you want to talk to us about? Well, I'm going to talk first of all about Moonlight, which if anyone has been living under a rock is the uh, winner of the Oscar this year for Best Picture. Written and directed by Barry Jenkins and based on a play that I think is was un- unproduced and unpublished uh, called In Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue by Terrell Alvin McCraney. I think a lot of people are probably familiar, even if they haven't seen the film, with uh, the ideas behind it. It's told in three distinct sequences uh, focused on the central character, Chiron, uh, as a child, as a teenager, and as a young adult, I would say in his late 20s, more or less. And uh, broadly speaking, explores the experience of growing up black and gay, which I would say is not an area that's been covered in film very often. Um, it's I would describe it as a both, both a passionate and compassionate uh, portrayal as a film, I thought it felt very effortless and flows completely seamlessly throughout. Marshall R. Ali um, stars and won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. He didn't, yeah. Um, I thought that was a good, a great performance, although personally, I thought the um, my favourite performance in the film was from Travante Rhodes as the, the young adult Chiron. Um, so the middle... Uh, sorry, no, the, the the last one, the last stage. Oh, the last one, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, class in the you. middle cool. as a sort of teenage sort of uh, sequence. Yeah, sure, yeah. But um, <laughs> I thought the his performance in particular, I thought, was very bold, uh, very muscular, literally. Um, yeah. But also, <laughs> at the same time, uh, very vulnerable and rather understated, which I thought was a miraculous balancing act of acting. Um, Naomi Harris is also nominated um, for Best Supporting Actress um, for the Oscar for that. In this film, and um, yeah, I mean, so I mean, the casting in particular of the three sequence, the the three different actors for the sequences of the Sharon character, I thought was amazing. I don't know how they managed to pull it off so well. Uh, very impressed by that. Um, the film, it, I mean, it's it's obviously it's interesting structure, structurally, but also the the feel of it. Um, most fiction in general tends to build to a crescendo. I felt this, the, if, uh, to the extent that there was a crescendo, which there certainly was, not that I'll give anything away, was uh, much earlier. I found it refreshing that this wasn't desperate to end on any sort of big big bang or anything like that. Um, although there is a quite key revelation towards the end that I thought, um, as, as well as uh, obviously the coverage of the fact that the film focuses on uh, a gay character and gay relationships um, also shows that it covers other sexual minorities but I won't go into, into that too much um, I wouldn't say the film absolutely blew me away but I do think anyone who sees it will struggle to forget it and um, there's definitely a lot of power behind it to film of identity and marginalised identities 
but despite that, if you might expect it to be angry, but it isn't. It's pissed extremely steadily, um, and that was I think that was one of the things I liked the most about it. Um, I think it's very much a film of our time, like I say, in terms of identity, which is such a hot issue um, in in narratives in the news um, all around nowadays, really. And the film seems to have had, although it's had a glowing critical reception in general, it seems to have had particularly savage reception from people who you might say are on the, the political right, if you like. Uh, so I've seen some incredibly cynical and I would say vicious sort of comments on it um, that I think are just downright wrong. People describing the film as pointless or saying that the topics that it covers are nothing new. I think those are very strange <laughs> comments because um, mm. it's clear that if, if not in style, then certainly in content. These the are the film, same people who are probably like praising the latest uh, Marvel film. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know, but it's just like to, to, say, to say that seems very strange because this is, I'd say, this is a, we're not seeing these subjects being covered very often in films, and it would be good. No, um, I think it is incre- We are seeing it to incre- increase lately, and I hope that trend continues. But yeah, I just think some of this stuff that's been written from some people on this film is very vindictive because this is a film that, like I said, is feels extremely compassionate if it's nothing mm. else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was I was certainly a fan of it, like the the vast majority of people seem to have been. Mm, excellent. Cool. Um, yeah, I've seen this as well, and I I think I've probably got the exact same opinion as you, Michael. Like it was, I went into it expecting ten, eleven out of ten because everyone was just going on going on and on and on about how amazing yeah. it was, and I came out. Uh, <laughs> it sounds stupid, but a little bit disappointed at giving it a very solid nine out of ten. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it, no, was, yeah it was great. I know what you mean on that? Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. I thought it was really, really great, and I kind of wish I hadn't just heard all the stuff before it because mm-hmm. um, I think that I built it up too much in my head. I th- yeah. I thought it was really, really great. I do think it's been blown, in my opinion, a little bit out of proportion. Some of the yeah, it has been hyperbole and stuff. Yeah, it's been treated as if it is one of the best films of all time, which it will be to some people, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't rank it there. But yeah, same yes, exactly. Who knows? Who knows <laughs> over time? But, yeah. right. but I did think the performances and things were brilliant throughout and I did like the like you said the kind of more understated had a slightly boyhood feel to it in its kind of yeah I guess yeah. slower pace sort of realistic yeah it's it's thing. interesting that unlike boyhood obviously it misses out like significant sections obviously of, uh, of the character's yeah, life that's it's, difference, yeah. it's yeah it's interesting in that sense but it was I mean it's brilliant everyone should see it I just oh, yeah, it wasn't I quite agree as with amazing that. As I agree with that totally yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to come in with the ever so slight country view is that I'm full, fully on the hyperbole train. I thought this genuinely was one of the be- best films of the last 10 years. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. it was shot with a mesmer- mesmeric beauty. Um, I thought certainly there's the scene where in the first act where they're in the ocean. I couldn't, yeah, believe, that was really, really good. Believe how good that was. Um, and I thought theme, there's something you mentioned there earlier. They can, the fact that it's shot without anger, it's kind of shot with, Oh, yeah. Compassion and um, I don't. I, I felt it. I felt it wash over me like a good novel can. Kind of. I felt it was. I didn't feel like I was watching a film. I felt like I was almost in the film. Um, and I felt it is no, engrossing for sure. I, I felt yeah. that. I felt at no point the film slipped into melodrama, which is a huge no, achievement. Certainly not. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I would love to see it again. Um, I'm not sure. I'd give it eleven out of ten. Uh, <laughs> As that's not possible, but uh, <laughs> but uh, and I'm not sure I'd give it ten either because I think I've, I've reserved ten out of ten maybe for my absolute favourites. But I think this is as close to perfect as you can get for this kind of film. Um, and I, I actually thought I, I think the best performance of the three 
uh, was the teenage oh, performance. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Same. I, mean, I kind of. Yeah. All I did think they were all. Oh, they're all, all, all excellent. Yeah. yeah. And obviously they're all very different as well. So mm. yeah, which is is part of what makes it so engrossing, as we said. I think. I, I think I think a film that when it talks about issues like this, which obviously, as we've mentioned many times, we're a liberal all white podcast from a fairly privileged background. Um, you know, there's there's not that much you think relatable, but any film that can kind of make that understandable for an audience like this. I think, but but without requiring you to get on your liberal high horse, I think is made with subtle perfection. Um, I, I mean, I agree with that, but I just think it's so much. There's been so much nonsense said, not just about this film in that area, but in general, mm. like the idea that you would have to be oh, black yeah. and gay. It's a human story. Oh yeah, I, I totally, <laughs> I, I, I totally agree with that. But but what I mean is, I, I know I know you agree. I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've I've seen films <clears throat> before where the issue isn't dealt with in a way which can kind of enthrall the audience. Mm, yeah. um, but I think this, this film is made with impeccable skill, I would say. Barry Jenkins is obviously a filmmaker to watch. Mm. Um, and by the way, if, I don't know if you've ever listened to him talk, but he's got to be the most eloquent filmmaker I've ever heard and a complete charmer. Um, I've got a feeling he will be considered one of the greats in the future. That's a prediction I'll make. I mean, it's easy to say that off the back of a best picture win a film but I genuinely think he's he's going to be up there with in terms of modern talents people like Steve McQueen I think in terms of you know the forefront directors of this generation yeah because I would have said that about McQueen myself but we're still obviously we're still waiting for him to do something else now mm. so mm. it just depends doesn't it yeah yeah. so just to, just to be clear Al sorry um, yeah is the horse itself liberal <laughs> yeah the, the horse itself has been known to um, <laughs> eat kale um, <laughs> you know, it recycle all the time its own shit. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and it, it's been seen read, reading The Observer on a Sunday. Oh. <laughs> uh, Best day to do it. Um, <laughs> the only day you're okay. today. So, um, how about we um, we move on next to Clive, Mr. Fisher? What have you got to talk to us about? <laughs> right. Well, um, I'm going to start with the I think pretty much the first film I saw this year, A Monster Calls. Um, I believe that came out at the start of this year, didn't it? Um, I think so. Yeah. I think it was like second of Jan or something very early. Yeah. Um, A Monster Call. It's it's directed by Juan Antonio Bayona. Uh, stars Sigourney Weavy, Weavy, Weaver, <laughs> Felicity Jones. <laughs> Liam Ne <laughs> might have thought I corrected it to Liam Needing. It's not. It's Liam Neeson and uh, Lewis McDougall. It's a film about. It's a. Fi- it's weird. This is a weird one because I saw the trailer and I thought this doesn't look very good. It's like there's a giant tree. Looks a bit weird. Um, didn't really understand what's going on. But it's essentially about a Lewis McDougall plays Connor O'Malley, who's a young boy in. I think he's. In primary school, he might be at the start of secondary school. Um, but his mum gets terminal cancer. She's played by Felicity Jones. And it's basically about his dealing with this. Um, there's a super na- supernatural element to it where at sort of 12.07 one night, he meets a giant tree played by Liam Neeson. And I've got to say, um, this is... If there was an Oscar for best performance as a tree, or <laughs> maybe l- least wooden performance, he's absolutely oh, smashed. Oh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. 
Least wooden tree performance. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm only referencing the fact that you, uh, Al, made that joke about um, Vin Diesel in uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but yeah, the, he absolutely smashes Vin Diesel out the park here or out the forest. <laughs> and it's the, it's just a yeah, really really good. <laughs> Liam, he's brilliant. He's got this. He's got the perfect like deep voice to play a tree. Uh, yeah, so really well cast there. But yeah, he meets this tree at night who kind of tells him he's going to tell him three true stories over the period of time. Um, and it, to say too much more would be kind of spoiling it, but it's a it's a really surprisingly dark film because it looks, from the trailer anyway, that it's you know sort of aimed at kids, but I would say it's equally essential for children and adults. adults. I think this is, so far, this is my favourite film of the year. Um, the, three, the three stories that the tree liam neeson tells to the child throughout the film kind of all illustrate like good evil anger all these kind of different human characteristics but they're all but it did none of the stories have like a real obvious moral or a real happy ending or and i really like that about them because it isn't that's kind of what you expect this film to do <laughs> but it's just so much more it's so just like various shades of gray rather than everything's black and white which is totally how it is and I just thought it was a really brilliant portrayal of this a really dark subject, essentially, a kid going through, you know, uh, dealing with his mum dying of terminal cancer. And it's the performances are particularly fantastic. Like um, Felicity Jones as the mum is really, really good. Sigourney Weaver is surprisingly good as the her grandma. She plays like a stern grandma. Not that she's never been ever been bad. It's just not a role that I necessarily saw her playing as such. Mm. But but I haven't seen her in anything particularly recently. So maybe that's just why I was. She yeah, she's brilliant. And like I've already mentioned, Liam Neeson also excellent. It's just full of really great performances. The cinematography's got this really sort of dark. It's like a lot of the stuff happens at night, and there's a lot of reds, and it has this kind of almost demonic quality to it at times which, again, quite very dark for a children's film. But I just thought it was... I thought it was fantastic, and I went in not expecting it necessarily to... I know Mark Commode um, loved it, <laughs> and that's partly why I went to see it, because the, the trailer, to me, looked not very good, but I think it's just the pacing of it didn't really work for the trailer. But in the film, it's absolutely brilliant, and I definitely cried at one point, but it didn't feel... It was, at some points, close to being a little bit mawkish, possibly, but I think that's kind of allowed in dealing with a subject as heavy as this. <laughs> it's going to be upsetting at times. Um, and I think it just dealt with it really, really well. And I think it's... I, like I've said, I, the main thing I've, I've really appreciated about it is that it wasn't like... There wasn't like a black and white sort of moral out of it. It was all just various shades of grey, which is what life is essentially like. I just think it's like a realistic portrait of... You know, this the way I took it is this monster represents, you know, the monster in his head, which is, I assume, kind of what it's supposed to mean. But, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. I really like the ending, too, without spoiling anything. So I'd totally recommend people go and see it. And I don't know how well it's done, but I don't know that many people who've seen it. So, <laughs> Well, that certainly sounds intriguing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Can't we just it leave It took me a while to get that. I was like, why are, you, why are you saying that really slowly? <laughs> This film's so good, it's given me wood. (laughs) These are all good on the box. (laughs) Particularly that last one. It's funny because it's rude. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I would totally recommend this film. Brilliant. 
It's been so long since I've seen it now because it was like, yeah, nearly three months ago now. So my views aren't as detailed as they probably could have been. But uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it anyway. I'm excited to watch it again when it comes out on whatever Blu-ray. Yeah, I really wanted. I really wanted to see this, um, but for whatever reason, I didn't get round to it. But um, yeah, I I heard. I think I heard the same review you did, Clive. Definitely sounds an intriguing. Sorry, I didn't even mean to do that. (laughs) (laughs) An intriguing prospect. Um, Yeah, I've heard is Felicity Jones good in this? Yeah, she's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've heard she was good. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in seeing this definitely. Quite a different performance to what I've, other performances I've seen. So yeah, she shows a lot of range. Mm, excellent. She's good. And it's not, yeah, she, her performance isn't overly, well, I didn't think it was overly dramatic either, which sometimes this, not that this is a genre, but this kind of film <laughs> sometimes falls into. But yeah, I just thought it was really, really good. And I love it when there's a film that's like a, what is essentially, I mean, I think this is probably too dark for like very young children, to be honest. But I think for, you know, 11, 12 upwards or whatever. This is a great, great film, mm. but also one that's just as accessible to adults and just as enjoyable. It's And I think that kind of, that's pretty hard to do. Mm. <laughs> so, mm. deserves to applaud it. It's good. Cool. Excellent. It reminds me a little bit of a Gilles, I don't know if Del Toro had anything to do with it um, off the top of my head, but it does remind me of a Del Toro type Pan's Labyrinthy kind of film. Oh, that, that's high praise because I love Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's it's Labyrinth. a little bit less crazy. But yeah, it has elements of that definitely in like like I've said like, like the colours and dark darkness of it and the, the tree monster certainly has some uh, parallels. Yeah, right. but they share yeah. common roots. Oh, <laughs> oh god! <laughs> I can't decide whether you've been kind of like working on that for a while or that just was a zinger or not. Oh, leave it out. Move on, move on. <laughs> Right, okay, so um, from a tree uh, to the film that I'm going to talk about. So, um, yeah, I'm going to talk about the film that I saw most recently. Apparently, um, it's been out for quite a while now, um, although I think it's only just received release in this country. Um, It's Personal Shopper. It was shown at the uh, 2016 uh, Cannes Film Festival where uh, it competed for the Palm d'Or uh, and it won something or other but I can't read French um, <laughs> oh wh- whatever whatever the French is for best director <laughs> Le Dague de Grande um, and personal shopper um it tells the story of um, a young American in Paris um, who is working as a personal shopper for a uh, famous model. The personal shopper herself seems to uh, have the skills of a medium, just like her recently deceased twin brother, and um, soon starts receiving messages uh, from an unknown source. Um, I've heard and read various descriptions of this movie, including um, kind of psychological thriller, but I really think it kind of falls into the uncategorizable. Um, the film has moments that are classic kind of poltergeist ghost movie, but also 
moments of extreme um, blandness, everyday life kind of elements to it. Um, on top of that, a, um, a beguiling kind of murder mystery also appears in the fold. The film stars uh, Kristen Stewart as Maureen, which is the main character. The only other real notable speaking part is that of Lars Eidinger as Ingo. Uh, and just to give you an idea of how um, quite fascinating this movie is, uh, it also starts Benjamin Bailey as Victor Hugo. This uh, film is directed by Olivier uh, As, uh, Assias, um, done an awful lot of um, movies in French. This is the first thing that I'm familiar with. Um, <coughs> the uh, I don't really know what to make of this movie. It's <laughs> Christian Stewart is uh, is is brilliant. I mean, utterly kind of completely compelling. Um, she's the reason that you watch every scene. She she is the center of attention throughout this entire movie her um she she carries this uh with great aplomb she has a very um subtle performance that i think is um is greatly touching and moving um and kind of uh, tells the story of her kind of her relationship with her brother um in a yeah extremely well done the um the film itself is, I can't tell if it's trying to be clever and I found some moments to be funny, but I'm not sure if I was actually being encouraged to laugh. Um, there are some rather odd moments, well I found odd moments with ghosts, um, there's yeah, in particular, a moment with a with an opening automatic door that I really wanted, and several people in the audience did laugh at, and then I found myself thinking that the director probably wasn't intending that, but I can't tell. I really couldn't tell. Um, the um, to give you an idea of how kind of bipolar, how much this film splits opinion. It was um, booed when it was shown at Cannes Film Festival and received a five-minute standing ovation at its premiere. Now, I realise that audiences at a premiere probably have slightly more at stake in the movie than those at a film festival, but those seem to me to be two quite dramatically different responses to the showing of a film. Um, the film itself is only about 90 minutes long, but I do remember coming out of it feeling as though an awful lot longer had passed. And I don't mean to say that it was boring or dragged out. There was just so much had happened. There was an awful lot of jarring movements between scenes and acts. And I say jarring, but I don't mean that in a, in a negative sense. There's clearly an intent there. And I think it, some of it is quite well done, but there's an awful lot of moving between these different stories that are all in themselves relatively subtly told, albeit with murder mysteries and ghosts and so on. It's um, it's quite unlike many films I've ever seen. I, I, I honestly don't know if I recommend it or not. I, I don't know if I came out of the film feeling like I'd enjoyed it. 
I don't feel like my time was wasted and I'm glad that I am glad I'm kind of glad that I saw it but I I really don't know if I like it or not so I'll leave you with that (laughs) I don't really know what else to say (laughs) yeah uh, one of the more unusual films I've ever seen I've heard a similar opinion actually from someone else so yeah this sounds intriguing and I want to see it all the more because of that kind of yeah I I saw that this film I read a one star review and a five star review of this film so it seems to um, split people completely which is well that's what you said exactly but I mean if if you were to give it a star rating Dave what would you say it's it's interesting because a film that has been reviewed five and also one star by different people would usually be the kind of film, to, to for my money, that splits an audience into I absolutely love this movie and another group that absolutely hates the movie. I am so utterly bemused. I don't. I can't tell you that I love it and I can't tell you that I hate it. So if, I a two and a half stars sounds negative because that's how star systems work. But if you're completely, completely fair, it would be somewhere around three stars, I guess. It's, Basically, um, my exact views on Marmite. Though. Yeah, the thing is, you don't even sound like you're indifferent to it either. You don't love it. You don't hate it. You're not indifferent to it. You're no, I think utterly confused. If I if I'd hated it, I'd have come out of it and gone, "Well, that was a bloody waste of my time and my money." And if I'd love it, I don't. I you know, I want to throw more money at it and wished it would have been longer. But this, I don't I don't know. I felt like I, I'm glad I saw it and it was, I don't even want to say entertaining, but it was uh, engaging. <laughs> it, it engrossed me. I was, I was watching. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. I did what I did really want. I really wanted to see this, but um, nowhere in Teesside is showing this at all. Uh, predictably. Gonna have to get on to City World, another one of my campaigns to. The Ark might show it eventually? Yeah, potentially the Ark, yeah. But usually later. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> I can't comment on it. It sounds. It's, it's the exact type of film I like to go and see. I always like to go and see. It, I mean, it's one thing going to see a Moonlight like film that's had so much praise, but it's another entirely to see a film that splits people down the middle. Or doesn't even split them down the middle, splits them into about four or five camps, each as confused as the last, but. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm sure I must have said this before, but <clears throat> I've never been able to get my head around what would possess a person to boo a film. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it, if something was particularly offensive, I'd probably just leave if I was that bothered. <laughs> I figure, I figure, at can then you're doing it because the director is there, aren't you? <laughs> Slightly. If you're doing it at um, unnamed cinema chain in and all around Stockton, then you're just a sad act. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, Although I'm just much. I'm just having a look here at um, the listings for Cineworld Hull, and as we know, Hull is the city of culture this year, um, and it's not on there either. So I really don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's definitely on in Sheffield. I can confirm because we were going to go and see it, but we ended up missing it. Yeah, Sheffield seems to be a cultural hub. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get City of Culture next year. You watch. You don't really need it, you know. <laughs> Teesside's going for it, isn't it? Is it? 2025, I believe. <clears throat> wow. Come get your palmos. <laughs> Teesside isn't even a city, that's the best word. <laughs> in fact, t- t- Teesside, Teesside, like Yorkshire, is less a geographical location and more of a state of mind. Correct. <laughs> okay. 
more an item of right. clothing. <laughs> right, oh, very food type cupboard and cheese. <laughs> well, that sounds interesting anyway, Dave. Um, yeah, I'm more intrigued to watch it now. Yeah. I was already very intrigued. I, want to, I wanted to see it for... Because, um, yeah, I've heard like such amazing things about Kristen Stewart's performance and I think it was Mark Commode basically said that the only work, reason it w- w- even works remotely is because of her, so that's pretty high praise. But... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're a fan it. of Christian Stewart and what right, I'm not generally what, like right minded lesbian in... isn't. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you'll absolutely you'll, you'll adore it. Yeah, it's really good. Good. <laughs> I'm going to go out on the limb and say Michael will really enjoy it. Okay, mm. I'm going to have to watch it now. <laughs> Excellent. Well, now we've been round the first time. Let's um, go back. To Al, what's your second movie? Right, okay. <clears throat> My second movie is another um, Oscar-nominated film. Uh, sorry, Get Out wasn't Oscar-nominated, but uh, scrap that. Uh, Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> Seamless. It's another film. film. <laughs> it's, a, it's a film. You it's film, a film with cameras and actors <laughs> on the other yeah. side of them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's Manchester by the Sea, written and directed by Kenneth Lonergan. Uh, so another auteur kind of film. Uh, starring Casey Affleck, Michelle Williams, Kyle Chandler and Lucas Hedges. Uh, the basic plot, uh, Affleck plays Lee Chandler, who is a janitor who lives a secluded life in Boston, away from his <clears throat> original home and family in Manchester by the Sea. Uh, he's forced to return to his... Uh, home, original home, when his brother dies and leaves him as guardian to his son Patrick. There's something about Lee that isn't quite right. Seems to have had a mixed past in Manchester, and the film is all about him facing up to this past, um, and basically the grim brutality of his existence. Um, this is a, a raw, unflinching emotional struggle. Um, and I'll give the film immense credit that it never once takes the easy way out. There's no neat endings, there's no examples of extreme melodrama. Um, I would describe it as an unerring, t- unerring tale of a broken man and his struggle just to exist, really. Um, Casey Affleck, whatever you might think of him, I know there was some stories going around about some past, I believe, assault he was accused of. I'm not sure exactly, but... Whatever you think of him as a person is superb in this. Um, he, he acts with kind of body language mainly, all sort of glances, posture, and subtle contortions of his face, which sounds like he's overdoing it, but it's, um, I don't know, it feels like he's pouring emotion out of his face by doing very, very little. Uh, it's a staggeringly good performance. Um, we aren't necessarily supposed to like his character, Lee, um, who seems to. Uh, be openly surly and aggressive as a, a kind of a defence mechanism as he doesn't want to foster new relationships or with other people um, but he's forced to and he's forced to confront his past uh, the supporting cast are also excellent especially Luke, Lucas Hedges who plays his nephew Patrick um, the cinematography and the direction um, are both kind of beautiful and jarring it's kind of like that whole kind of uh, Springsteen Americana, I would describe it as. Um, you know, stark but beautiful at the same time. Um, I really, really enjoy this, as you probably can tell. Um, although, to go back to a term we always use in this podcast, enjoy is probably not the right term. 
Um, it's just a really, really good film. It's a really good character study. Um, it it treats its audience like adults. Um, there's not a hint of pretension, despite its subject matter, despite the way it's artfully shot. Um, and I think, again, putting aside anything about him personally, I think Casey Casey Affleck was well worth his win in the Oscars and wherever else he got awards. Um, yeah, this is. An, I, I would say this is. This felt. This felt like a very emotionally um, taut film and a very a film that was very. I hate the phrase, but it was very real. It was. It felt realistic. It felt like it was. It felt like it was a genuine human portrayal rather than just a thematic pursuit. Um, I loved it anyway. Um, there is. If I was to give one criticism of the film, I would say that perhaps, perhaps at times, it makes wrong decisions in terms of um, the plotting. Um, the plotting tends to be told uh, out of sync. It's not linear necessarily. Uh, you're seeing sort of flashbacks here and there, and I think that works most of the time, but didn't doesn't in others. But for the most part, I thought this is a superb film. Um, one of the, one of the better ones of last year, anyway. Has anyone else seen this at all? I've not. I want to, but I've not um, got around to it yet. No. Does sound good, though. I really wanted to see it, but it wasn't on much here, was it? No. Um, yeah, <clears throat> but it, it looked very appealing. Yeah, very interesting. Well, as I said, I can't really talk about it without spoiling it, but um, this is not a film interested in a classic kind of cinematic moment, you know, tying up loose mm. ends, no. big character-developing moments. Um yeah, it's it's raw, and um, if you're not <laughs> if you're not in a great place emotionally while you're watching it, this <laughs> I don't know what this would do to you. Yeah, despite that, it's not a depressing film. Um, yeah, you mentioned the director being an auteur. Oh, yeah, but isn't wasn't this his first project in quite a while? It, it is. Yeah, I, I've not seen anything else he's done, but um, I believe he's originally more of a theatre director. But right, um, okay. But he's uh, he's uh, he's written this himself. He produced it. He directed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know originally Matt Damon was supposed to play the lead role, but I'm really glad Casey Affleck got it in the end. I don't think Damon has literally. It sounds stupid, but I don't think he has the face for this. He might have the acting chops, but he doesn't have that kind of craggy hangdog look that Affleck has. And I don't think he can. You know, Matt Damon's more plasticine faced. You know, he's just <laughs> this big blob that doesn't move much. Uh, <laughs> Um, Casey, Casey Affleck is, is absolutely brilliant I mean I can't remember a performance like this since Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood wow um, it's that that good that's incredible praise yeah that is incredible praise yeah he sounds like a bit of a cock but yeah I don't want to watch it oh yeah um, his character is not likeable at all um, it's, it, no I mean him personally but um, oh him personally yeah right yeah quite possibly but, um, well, it's like what we've said in the podcast before, though, separating the, the yeah, man totally. from the art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, with the American legal system, I never know <laughs> where where it stands, because in the American legal system, I believe he settled out of court on something he's been accused of. But yeah, with the American right, legal system, that, harassment cases. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean he's guilty, though, in the American system. It just means it was cheaper for him to accept guilt. And I'm not. I'm not saying that as a get out for him. I'm not saying that makes him a good yeah. person. Sounds like he probably did do it, but that's a twisted 
idea of justice to me. Yeah, it's a strange, it's definitely a strange system, but that's for another time. That's yeah. for the uh, the law that's and order podcast. The, yeah. yeah, the political podcast, <laughs> <laughs> which you know we're working on. We just haven't got any experts yet. <laughs> but no, that it's definitely one I really want to see. It was one that I wasn't that bothered about seeing in the cinema, but I wanted to see just because it didn't. You might I not might think have of, got that wrong. You might not think of it as a cinema film, but the way it's shot, the cinematography, right. um, it's. As I said, it's very it's very photographic. It's um, yeah. I mean, there's a whole big joke about you know cinema is a series of still images uh, put together at speed to create the illusion of movement. Uh, but this film, more like any other, feels like it's te- every shot's taken by a world class photographer. Uh, yeah. As I said, as I said, it feels like that classic kind of real rust belt, you know, Americana, um, mm. but without without a shred of cliche. Good, opinion, I hate yeah. shreds of cliche. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. No, that sounds that sounds really good. So much good stuff coming out at the minute. Yeah. It's cray, man. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Um, shall we move on to Michael? Michael, what have you got for us? Okay. I'm, well, I'm going to be the black sheep of this podcast and talk about a release that isn't new. Um, boo boo. I'm going to boo you off stage at Cam. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Um, but it's uh, seriously don't (laughs) (laughs) it's a 2011 release um, anonymous uh, quite a curiosity of a film that I noticed online picked up very cheap and decided to watch Um, not a film that would uh, on paper from the director would usually appeal to my taste it's directed by uh, Roland Emmerich uh, director of films such as Independence Day Godzilla and 2012 Um, yeah um, but this, I've, I've this was I've seen this described in places as his only good film. Although it seems like most of the uh, most of the pr- um, praise for that has gone to the screenplay rather than the uh, directing in particular. Um, but anyway, the film is set at the Elizabethan court during the reign of Elizabeth the uh, First, played by Vanessa Redgrave here, and um, is it Reese Evans? Is that the yeah, that's pronunciation? Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. As Edward de Vere, uh, the Earl of Oxford, and the film tells a fictionalized version of a c- coup d'état attempt by Robert Devereux, the Earl of Essex, in 1601, uh, set against the backdrop of um, controversy over the succession to the throne after Elizabeth I. And the central strand of the film, as well as all that, is based on the Oxfordian theory regarding Shakespeare's uh, plays during this period. Uh, which is a theory that De Vere, the Earl of Oxford, was the real author of the plays rather than uh, Shakespeare, who was just a front for the authorship of the plays. Um, I do like a bit of historical revisionism, as this certainly plays into, and as far as that goes, I say the madder the better, and there's no doubt that this story is preposterous. Um, I mean, basically, the um, the portrayal suggests that the plays written by De Vere and using Shakespeare to hide his own identity. Um, that are used by De Vere to support uh, Devereux's rebellion against the government. Um, if you've managed to follow any of that, which apparently a lot of people who watch the film didn't from some of the things I've seen um, <laughs> written online, then I can also say that something else <coughs> I do love if it's done well, uh, a plot twist, they're in abundance here. Um, most of them involve incest. Sorry for the spoiler, but... Um, and this is yeah, this is certainly packed with swerves which would have made WCW wrestling in the late nineties blush. 
<laughs> so, um, and then on top of all that as well, uh, for the first half hour of the film, uh, something that a lot of people complained about uh, about the film, it jumps back and forth a lot between decades. I didn't think it was that hard to follow, to be honest, but um, that was a, crit- a common criticism of the film. Uh, but it, uh, for the most part, a very divided critical response to the film. I thought it was immense fun and great to look at as a period piece of uh, late Tudor England. Um, I liked Ed- Edward Hogg as Robert Cecil, the Earl of Salisbury as well, who is a classic baddie with a hunchback. Um, and, I mean, I'm not sure how the film was marketed when it came out, but it was a box office bomb, which doesn't surprise me, really, uh, given everything involved with it. Uh, a lot of people have criticised the film because the Oxfordian theory regarding Shakespeare's plays is a commonly debunked the- uh, theory, thoroughly debunked from what I understand. But I think people, historians and the like, have criticised the film because it um, sort of perpetuates that theory. I've missed the point, really. I mean, I don't think... I'm sure there are people, but I don't think many people are going to watch this and believe that theory necessarily. I'm certainly not. Uh, but it doesn't make the film any less interesting to me in terms of its story. So in summary, I would say it's a quite densely structured tale of political manoeuvres and literary reimagination during one of the most interesting points in English and indeed British history. Um, delightfully over the top, uh, but a lot of fun, I thought. And I know, obviously, you watched this with me, Alex. Mm. Do you know what you thought of it? Uh, yeah, I pre- pretty much concur. I thought it was it was a lot of fun. And like, like you said, the word preposterous sums it up. You know, it's, it's hard to call it a great film. It's not, but it's yeah. it, it's fun. And if you're interested in exploring this kind of like conspiracy theory, you'll have a laugh watching it. It's pretty well made. It's pretty well performed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's a bit different, actually. Yeah, it's not... It's not standards, definitely not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, can't, I don't have a hell of a lot more to say in it than that, no, really. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree um, with that, yeah. But yeah, it, <laughs> I wasn't actually aware of that theory beforehand as well, so... No, I don't think I was, really. I mean, yeah. I, I, having not seen anything about it, it seems like it's not even slightly possible, but... Um, yeah, well, I, I yeah, mean, I know, <laughs> I know we don't really uh, admire truth anymore these days, but no. apparently it has been basically... Proven to be bollocks yeah. on several fronts many times, but for what that's worth. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, that was one I hadn't even heard before? of, though. So. No, I hadn't before Michael brought it up. Same. <laughs> Sounds no, interesting. You, no, I've not heard of it. You, no. he, he said to me, oh, Do you want to come over and watch a Roland Emmerich film? And I was like, <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but uh, no, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun, actually, yeah. Don't regret it. It wasn't a worth. It wasn't a waste of time. Definitely not. Oh, cool. One out. One. Um, Excellent. Don't know what I was going to say there. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing a curveball. I think is what I was going for. Yeah. <laughs> I'll stop yeah. working. Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, Clive, I hope you know what you're going to say about your next film. Um, yes, <laughs> I think. I've got some idea. <laughs> I my my next film uh, another 2017 release at least in England um, is the anime A Silent Voice which I went to see in the cinema with uh, our very own James Cable on a, on one of our anime mandates uh, probably about a month ago now uh, this is a film directed by Naoko Yamada and written by Reiko Yosh oh, it's clearly autocorrected that. that's definitely not his name <laughs> it says Re- Reiko Yoshi's, but I'm pretty sure it's not. I think my, my phone's just autocorrected because I'm constantly writing Yoshi. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Reiko's something Japanese that starts with Yosh. 
I'm assuming. Uh, it's based on the manga of the same name. Essentially, uh, it, the central, the protagonist, if you like big words, is Shoya Ishida, <laughs> who bullies a deaf girl who joins his school, um, elementary school, primary school, for the English among us, uh, called Shoko Nishimiya. Uh, she, she's a deaf girl who joins his school, and um, he bullies her fairly, um, well, very harshly. In fact, it's quite hard to watch at times. And then she ends up transferring. This isn't really a spoiler. This is all pretty near the start of the film. And his, you know, his friends turn against him. He becomes pretty uh, alone. Again, I'm struggling for a big word there. I was, I was thinking if I had a good word in mind, but I've lost it. But he eventually meets um, Shoko again and tries to kind of reconcile the relationship, having bullied her um, in her earlier life. It's a very, it's way like again quite a dark film, darker than I was expecting. It deals with suicide, obviously deafness, redemption, the way the way things um, say, the way things you say to people often have a much deeper impact than you realise. It does. I thought this was brilliant. I, I loved it, perhaps even more than your name last year. I know I Cable disagreed. He preferred your name, but I I really really like this film. It's just had this real subtle and um, just. It dealt with these matters so delicately, but covered a lot of topics that aren't covered. But it was also kind of... It's really hard to describe, but magical yet realistic at the same time. And I just thought it was brilliant. And there's a few directorial choices, which I won't go massively into because I don't want to spoil it. But one example is um, at one point when the main character, whose name Shoya, is kind of struggling with... Um, you know, he's feeling pretty depressed and uh, alone. There's like X's on people's faces, like literally these X's drawn on people's faces, um, which to me represented his like inability to kind of talk to anyone. And then when he does actually manage to speak to someone, that X kind of peels off their face and just sort of floats to the floor. And um, I think it really portrayed that feeling of when you're kind of stuck in this uh, kind of pit and you just can't like break past a certain wall in your mind to, to bring yourself to speak to someone. And yeah, so certain choices like that I thought were brilliant. It's not as... I've already mentioned Your Name because that's the most recent anime I've watched. It's nowhere near as pretty as Your Name, but I think it focuses more on more on the content. It's more like, I don't know, it's, try, it's not trying to distract you with, oh, look how pretty this animation is or <laughs> anything like that. I think it just is trying to portray the story that it shows in a the way that it seems is most appropriate and I think it just does it really, really well. It's so delicate it's perhaps a little long is a criticism i've heard i didn't i felt that but i think it's purely because it was um it was subtitled and i think if a film is subtitled and you're reading constantly you get more tired than if you were watching a normal film i think for example if i saw this like a good dub um i don't think that issue would bother me i think it was just getting tired of and it was quite late we watched it as well so i I don't think it's particularly i think it is it's slow but i think that is good in this this film. I think it's good that it's slow and it focuses more on the, the intricacies of like the relationships between the characters, which is what works really, really well. And it's not just dark. There are funny bits to you know lighten it up a little bit in between. But it yeah, it just deals with these kind of like I say, the intricacies of human relationships and these heavy topics. And yeah, I just thought it was a really fascinating watch. I came into it thinking I was going to like it, but I came out loving it. So I would totally recommend it. And I was really happy to see, um, again, on the film review on BBC, whatever it is on, uh, Commode praised this the other day, <laughs> which I was not expecting him to have watched it. But, uh, yeah, he loved it as well. So 
I'm not the only one who loves it. Go out and watch it. It's really, really good. You're probably going to struggle to watch it because we literally caught the only showing. So, and that's in Sheffield. So you've got no chance, Al. <laughs> not a chance, are you? No. Not even going to. Not even slightly. <laughs> they won't even ship it to you from Amazon. They'll just uh, <laughs> oh, what, he lives in Stockton? No way. Some sort of blacklist. <laughs> yeah. But if you do get a chance to go and see it, I'd recommend it. I'd say you don't need to see it in the cinema because, like I've said, it's not necessarily about the style of it as such and the cinematography of it necessarily i think you probably get just as much out of it watching it at home although i think it is good watching subtitled films in the cinema just because it forces you to look at the screen <laughs> like if you get distracted with a subtitle film you can miss quite a lot but i suppose when you're at home you can turn, you can rewind it and um, that's happened to me on numerous occasions but yeah i i really really enjoyed this film i highly recommend it it's one of the two i've talked about in my top two of this year so far and i've seen quite a few already so Big fan, right? Fantastic. Cool. Yeah, I, I saw your I saw your name, and I really enjoyed that. Um, I might I might have keep an eye out for this. Uh, there are some really strong anime films out there, just that they're not well publicised in this country generally. No, I think it might be starting to gain a little bit of, but no, they're not generally. I mean, I hadn't really watched many, so. But this is less sort of fantastical than uh, your name. Deals with yeah. the kind of more. It's way darker, but it also doesn't have any, you know, crazy time travel or stuff like that in it. So it's quite different. But, yeah, also really, really good. Fantastic. Excellent. Right. Um, so we're moving on to the last film uh, we're going to talk about in any detail today. Um, uh, I'm going to be talking about Logan. Um, Logan uh, came out earlier this year. Uh, and it's the latest in the X-Men set of uh, Marvel movies. This is the uh, third Wolverine standalone uh, film, uh, directed by James Mangold and starring <coughs> starring uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier, uh, Boyd Holbrook as uh, Pierce, uh, Stephen Merchant makes an appearance as Caliban, and Richard E. Grant is the bad guy. The um, this movie is set in the near future, um, and it begins with Hugh uh, <laughs> with Logan even looking after um, uh, Professor X in a uh, in a border town near um, uh, in Texas near the Mexican border. This movie. Um, deals with an awful lot of quite prescient uh, themes. There's an early moment where you see um, Logan, who is now a kind of souped-up Uber driver, crossing a US border um, marked by a, a marked by a fence with Mexico. And there is a rather heart-wrenching moment with a, uh, a poor black family in the middle of the movie. It also does away with an awful lot of uh, CGI that a lot of superhero movies, particularly Marvel movies, um, have um, started to incorporate in recent years, and it is all the better for it. Um, it has a some, something of a Mad Max style, I would say, um, kind of t- taking, a, taking a, a genre that has often been, in recent years, uh, predominate, uh, dominated by... Um, CG effects at the expense of storytelling, and turns it into a uh, into a car movie that develops the characters. 
Logan has uh, has a few flaws for sure. There are a couple of little potholes every now and again. But the effort that James Mangold has taken to um, invest time and effort into the characters so that you buy into them and that you are fascinated by their story and are well-developed and that you make, makes you care for them totally sees over any kind of deficit in that regard. The, the, the film is carried by um, Hugh Jackman starring as uh, a, an ageing um, Logan uh, full of um, r- roomy eyes. He has a uh, an adamantium skeleton that won't reheal itself as quickly as it used to um, and is generally on the down and out. Um, it shows a really touching relationship with, between him and um, Professor X. In particular, it shows that you don't have to be your um, your personality and your uh, your character doesn't have to be affected by the fact that you care for someone. Um, it shows, and I mean that in a kind of social care manner. You know, it, he um, he really cares and looks after uh, an old man in his old age, and um, doesn't doesn't pat- doesn't patronise the viewer by having to have a nurse. You know, a kind of classic middle aged middleweight. Um, nurse doing that kind of role it 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 shows um it shows that you that you know anyone can and is often called up to do that and it doesn't necessarily affect the rest of their lives the the, the film has a, a, another uh, excellent performance from uh, uh Daphne Keane as Laura who is um a very young girl that's found towards the start of the movie and um is a key plot point um throughout I won't go and ruin it any further but I she was um she was excellent who told an awful lot through a meaningful look I saw this movie in um accidentally in fact in 4DX as it's called has anyone seen a film in 4DX <laughs> um cable has but I've not no cable no I haven't it. no oh my so is that like smells or <laughs> smell o vision it's oh. it's it's available at a cinema chain whose name Al refuses to say and um, <laughs> it features moving seats which spit water at you um, <laughs> pum- pum- pummel you in the back with um, pistons in your chair fire air jets into your hair at the side of your head <laughs> uh, and rumbles and tips forward and backwards and side to side. Um, it was totally and utterly by accident that I was in there. It's very much like if anyone's ever been to a kind of um, like a five or ten minute like back, you know, the kind of Back to the Future 4D type things where you kind of uh, you get on theme parks where you sit in a chair and you kind of, you know, you yeah. pretend you're yeah. is that, but for two hours in an actual movie. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Um, it start, the film starts with a fight scene um, in which Logan gets more or less gets his ass kicked, um, although he comes back to, to win at the end. But um, you find yourself being pummeled every time he gets punched with a, <laughs> with a sharp jab in the back. Um, every, time, <laughs> every time a car appears, your seat rocks backwards to forwards really slowly. I didn't really get what that was about. Um, <laughs> Dave, you said you accidentally started this. Did you only realise when the chair started moving? That no, when this I, I, I realised after I bought. Well, I realised after I bought the ticket and already paid for the ticket what had happened. 
but that, that, at that point it was by accident. The film began with the opening scene of about seven or eight minutes, and as soon as all the seats stopped, about 15 people walked out of the screen. <laughs> I've never seen so many people leave at the start of the movie. Um, it was awful. It was truly terrible experience. I do not recommend it at all. There was a moment later on in the movie where there was something of a, a Mexican standoff, um, and two characters were pointing guns at each other, but the, the air jet next to my head went off before the gun on the screen. So I knew I knew someone was getting shot about half a second before the film actually said it. Um, I got sprayed with the water from the seat next to me, even though I turned my water off just because a car drove through a puddle. Um, and there was, there was another moment where they decided that the technique that they would use to demonstrate um, uh, Charles Xavier's failing mind uh, when he was having a kind of paralytic... Um, fit almost was to shake your seat now it kind of vibrated really quite aggressively for a couple of minutes uh when this first happened but it was a rather pivotal scene about a third of the way through the movie where this goes on for about 10 minutes and i felt properly (laughs) concussed by the end of it it was the most dreadful way of watching a movie i have ever encountered and whoever (laughs) whoever thought it was a good idea to put actual performances of a dramatic nature on whilst your seat is moving and whilst your hair is being rustled by air jets is a undoubted cunt. I think... Wow. I think it says says something for how much you enjoyed the film, how good it must be, that despite this... I was just about to say... That um, had this been anything else, I would have walked out. I <laughs> I enjoyed Logan despite the fact that the people who had built the cinema seemed singularly intent on ruining the experience for me. <laughs> um, if you have, if you've ever enjoyed a superhero movie, and I'm I'm not saying that you're one of the people who goes and watches every Marvel movie as it comes out, but if you've ever enjoyed any of them. I would definitely, absolutely recommend you give this a go. This film, it, um, it, I won't go so far as to say that it reinvents anything, but it tells an excellent story extremely well with proper character development that makes you care about the people involved on the screen uh, and is and totally engaging, as I've, you know, totally engaging over and above a moving chair. <laughs> It also benefits from being a uh, an 18 movie over here, uh, an R, an R plus in America. Whilst it's not, it doesn't, it's not especially graphic or gory or um, filled with horror or anything like that. It does just add, uh, does allow the movie to add a touch more realism to a world that is full of mutants. Um, and I think it's quite there's quite a nice balance struck there between the kind of you know, making a play for that rating and um, and realism uh, and the realism that it adds. So um, yeah, I would absolutely say, without a shadow of a doubt, this is the best superhero movie of the current kind of DC uh, Marvel enterprise so far. Um, ever since the first kind of X Men X Men back in nineteen ninety nine was it two thousand? 
Um, Something like that. Yeah. You don't need to have seen any of the others as long as you are aware that Professor X is relatively old and knows Wolverine. That's that's all the information that you need. You don't need. There's no. You don't miss anything from having not seen the others. It's a properly self-contained, well-told story, um, and it's a real credit to the genre that uh, has been flagging of late. I Excellent. To- I want to see I, this. Yeah, I totally concur. Um, pretty much word. Well, more or less word for word, my thoughts on it. Um, I thought there were shades of um, films like Western films, like True Grit. Um, yeah, and, you know, I thought I thought there were shades. There's shades of The Last of Us, the computer game, as well. I felt as well, um, kind of a broken down kind of husk of a man, kind of um, going about his, you know, his, his his business like like you know, it's it's not the same anymore. From um, I loved it, yeah. I thought it was a genuine, genuinely well told western kind of thriller with obviously superhero elements, and I thought um, I thought it was adventurous. And your point about it being standalone, I think, is important as well. Mm. Um, this feels more like a just a out there graphic novel. Um, yes. You feel that they could they, they, they could ignore this and then carry on with the series as well. Nothing that happens in this film necessarily has to be something that happens in the rest of the X-Men series. Yeah. It's just a standalone story and like you said, it's much better for it. Um, this film's got balls, I would say, as well. I I loved it anyway. Um, Shades of Clint, Clint Eastwood, definitely. Um, yeah, for sure, yeah. Absolutely, they kind of yeah. It, driving movie western, like it, it did. It did a whole, you know. It if it weren't for the fact that there were, yeah, you know, the main characters were mutants, it probably wouldn't. You would, might not even categorize it as being a kind of super. It's not a superhero film in the traditional sense by any means. I don't think. Yeah, um, I, I think a lot of people who don't like this kind of film would enjoy this as well. Mm. Um, I think. It's much more of a genre piece than it is a superhero film. Cool. And um, apparently, Hugh Jackman took a fifty percent pay cut to make it this way, and um, which shows that he has some artistic integrity. And uh, he said he finally feels like he nailed the Wolverine character with this, and I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, superb. I loved it. Spot on. Hopefully, I go and get, I go and see it soon, along with some of the others we've talked about. I haven't seen a, personally. I haven't seen an X Men film since X Men Three, I think. But um, obviously, from what people have said, this sounds like an interesting take on that area of film. And uh, just wanted to mention that in, in the last issue of the New Statesman, there was an article um, that uh, Dave's comments mirrored really by Helen Lewis, saying that she never thought she'd see a superhero film as such that tackled the social issue of care for the elderly. Um, so it's certainly an interesting combination. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, that the kind of opening. I mean. I don't think it went quite so far. It, it it was well done, but there were a lot of kind of very prescient issues that are bubbling under the surface today that are kind of hinted yeah. at in the near... I think it's 2029 the film is setting. Driverless cars right. being mm. one that kind of... It's, it's not... Yeah, it's all quite subtle and interesting and... it tie, But it ties it into a, a, you know, a, a world you can picture properly. You know, it kind of... You know, it, it mm. feels as though it's taking part, taking place in a world you understand. Yeah, mm. Mm. very mm. interesting. Right. Well, I think that's um, that's all our eight of our uh, proper in-depth reviews. I know an awful lot more film has been watched 
since we last recorded. So um, I think Al, you do you have something you wanted to? Uh, talk yeah, about I'll. Um, oh, very very briefly, I'll um, just talk you through the other films uh, I've seen. I think we've probably all seen the first one here. Um, I really enjoyed La La Land. Um, I don't have a great deal of anything to say on blah, it. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Other than to say that it was... I don't generally enjoy musicals, but I had a lot of fun watching it. I thought it was well shot. And obviously Damien Chazelle is a superb filmmaker. Um, Good name as well. Yeah. Also saw um, Lion, um, which I believe Clive's seen as well. Um, I have indeed, yeah. Which I also really enjoyed. Uh, Again, don't have a hell of a lot to say on it, but... um, it was well made, well shot, particularly the original bits where the mm. kid gets lost. Um, yeah, Dev Patel's very good as well. Yeah, generally it's, it's a good film. Not a great film, nothing too different about it, but enjoyable. Saw Hacksaw Ridge, which I thought was okay, pretty good. <laughs> it was, I mean, gratuitously over the top, but tells a very important story, one that I hadn't heard before. Um... I saw The Founder, which I really enjoyed, um, about the McDonald's, the, basically the bloke who robbed, robbed the McDonald's brothers of their franchise. Again, more of a an entertaining documentary, kind of dramatised documentary than anything. Um, but it is an interesting story. I saw Fences, which was good. The reasons it was good were the exact reasons it was bad in a different perspective. It was good because it was written like a theatre production and the dialogue was superb, but it was bad because everybody talked in monologues. Um, But generally enjoyed it. Hidden Figures, which I thought was, again, I felt like that was like a lion, well-made, interesting story, good to hear it, nothing particularly subversive, worth seeing that. And the only (laughs) other one I saw, which I really did enjoy, which I debated doing a review of, was the Lego Batman movie. Hell yeah. I... Which I was pretty much laughing solidly from start to finish. Brilliant. Maybe not quite as good as the Lego movie, but... Um, yeah. But an awful lot better than Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. Fuck love better than Suicide Squad. Um, um, I, I've heard the criticism... Uh, the only criticism I've ever heard of the Lego Batman movie is that there's too many jokes, and I agree with that. You actually don't get a chance to recover from one before there's another one. Yeah. Um, not a bad problem I have. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so that's all the films I've seen. Quite a lot of them, obviously. Um, I felt that Manchester by the Sea and Get Out I had the most, and Moonlight were the three that I had the biggest thoughts mm. on. Uh, but yeah, it's been a very good period for cinema. Um, solid start of the year. Oh, very, very, very solid. Um, better than solid. I'd be surprised if Moonlight isn't my favourite film of the year come the end of it. But yeah, we'll see. The only one I've seen that you've not mentioned there, I've also seen Hidden Figures, which, yeah, I thought it was really good. Um I think a really good crowd pleaser is probably the best way to describe it. I think it makes the uh, something that you think wouldn't be necessarily that interesting really kind of riveting to watch. So I thought that was really good. Mm. Um, have you seen Train Spotting Two, Al? No, I haven't. I missed it. Um, oh, really? That was also because, really good. Because I, I obviously I really liked the original Train Spotting. Yeah, I um, thought you would have seen this. And I needed to rewatch it though because I hadn't seen it in absolutely years. And for some reason, I never got around to it, and then I missed it at the cinema. So I, I will give Transporting to mm. a watch. I've heard it's good. It is good, um, yeah. But no, I haven't seen it yet. It's pretty. I would say it's the only big release, or, you know, critically successful release that I've missed recently. Right. That's that's shown in in the northeast anyway. Cool, and I've also seen the Lego Batman movie. Also loved it. So 
But it was, yeah, I thought my only criticism was it went a little bit too insane at the end. But <laughs> wow, yeah, I yeah, really liked, well. I, lo- I loved the start bit where he was like, just kind of lonely in his back cave. And uh, yeah. eating, that, eating, more eating, of that eating, would have been cool. Eating, uh, microwave lobster thermidor <laughs> while watching rom-coms by himself. Yeah, that stuff was brilliant. <laughs> but then the, the more it went on, the less I liked it. But I still liked it overall, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lego Batman movie was uh, absolutely brilliant. What a, yeah, absolutely hilarious movie. Can I just talk very briefly about La La Land? Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Which I thought was insufferably far up its own arse. Um, <laughs> All right, okay. I I I didn't mind the movie. It was I it, it was it was fine as far as movies go, and I quite liked the fact it was a story that. Um, didn't kind of you know just see them come together. Kind of, I don't want to you know, greatly spoil it, but it was a not the most derivative ending it could have been, I suppose. But I've uh, of all the films you ever see that are so clearly designed to try and win an Oscar, this was one of the more egregious examples I've ever watched, and they weren't even very good. <laughs> They weren't very good dancers. They weren't very good at doing their whole kind of pastiche and, or singers. Oh, like, you know, doing the kind of throwback to golden cinema. I think it says an awful lot when they're doing a tap dancing scene and the, the director has taken a decision to not show their feet. Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. That that didn't bother me as much. And I, I, I can't, I see your point and I pretty much agree with it, but it didn't bother me. I just, I had, I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, and mm. I did think the ending scene was particularly good thought that mm. montage but yeah it wouldn't have been best picture film for me uh, not close but no. I did enjoy it I do yeah, still want to see it yeah uh, just, just to put myself on record I'd probably just I'd, I'd agree with Alex I guess really um, I, mm. I thought I had yeah, I had a lot of fun watching it as well and I liked the ending um, I thought it was pretty well directed uh, but I, I, as, as clearly everyone has already, already said, I haven't seen the Lego Batman movie, but as soon as Alex described it to me in the pub after he'd seen it, I was I was on board. I really want to see it. So. <laughs> uh, some of the casting on its own sounds incredible. I think that was what really sold it to me. Uh, but yeah. It's really good. Cool. And I forgot to mention as well on uh, A Silent Voice, the, what's really done really well is the, the, the kind of trolls of the, the deaf girl, who's the one who's bullied. I've sort of mentioned protagonist but it also focuses a lot on her and like the just the idea of being bullied and having you know grown up deaf and how that impacts you know social relationships and the people having to you know make the effort to learn sign language or how people were, would rather just write stuff in a notepad even though that's more diff- takes longer <laughs> than um and just how yeah it just brought that I think it dealt with that issue really well. It didn't just kind of skirt. It was just like, oh, we're going to have a deaf girl in here just for the hell of it because then it makes it interesting. It actually dealt with the issues that that brings along. So I think it, yeah, that's another thing I really liked about the film. But anyway, okay. I guess it's time to uh, move on. Oh, Al, that, that, you got a time joke. That, that, uh, do I have a time joke? Um, <laughs> um, oh, you put me on the spot now. I mean, normally they're so, you know, seamless and witty. You know, knock knock. Who's, Who's there? there? <laughs> plug time. Yeah. <laughs> That's the least enthusiastic plug time plug, we've ever had. Plug, yeah. plug time who? Um, plug time. I stick around, now. cast. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a really long surname. It goes like this. 
at stickaroundcast on twitter stickaroundpodcast.gmail.com on the emails instagram.com slash stickaroundpodcast on instagram patreon slash stickaround i think we are on that if you want to throw money our way we would love it uh, give us reviews on itunes subscribe on your apps vote um, for us on the british uh, podcast awards yeah vote for us on the british podcast awards what else can you are do? We, are we up for uh, best hair in Merkel? Yes, <laughs> uh, that's what I'm going for. Yeah, yeah we are going to be the su- they're going to be talking about us as the Suicide Squad of the Poddies, or whatever they're called, <laughs> Suicide Pod. Oh, <laughs> mic drop, and I'm Yeah, yeah. I think have I covered everything there? Seems too fast. Facebook, yeah. stick around podcast on that as well. If you want to press thumbs up, that'd be appreciated. You know, how else can face. you show that you like something? What's that, sir? Well, there's a laughing face nowadays. Get with it. Is it? Oh, uh, uh, really? So you can't like it anymore? Oh, yeah, you can like the podcast, but I'm just saying, how else can you show you appreciate something on Facebook? Well, there's the laughy face. Oh, of course you can, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Which I always accidentally do when I'm scrolling down. It annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't reacted to it, you twat. <laughs> <laughs> I just Damn did you but... Zuckerberg <laughs> <laughs> right I think we're back next time with TV if everything's in order or we always say this but possibly a books one if uh, let's do books scheduling we'll do books okay, maybe, I've yeah. read some books so I've read loads of books at the expense of TVs and <laughs> TV and video games <laughs> maybe I could cool. complete the set yeah maybe Michael can complete the set and finally be on every single podcast okay let's say books then Unless, okay. for whatever yes. reason, we can't work that one out. Cool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's very excited. <laughs> Hopefully, you guys are equally excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. Well, uh, yeah, we'll be coming to you soon with books then. Um, thank you very much for being and staying with us today, right to the bitter end. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've been David Peeling. Goodbye. You've been Alex Wayne. Goodbye. Michael Johnson. Goodbye. And Clive Fisher. Tschüss. Stick around. Stick around. Thank you all for listening. Rest assured that you have found the best podcast in the universe it's stick around i'm liam neeson (laughs) i'm currently a tree (laughs) Uh, excellent this is unbelievable (laughs) oh Oh, wow jesus Yeah, I was going to do a joke, but I can't think of one. <laughs> I can't think of a cornier joke than that. <laughs> oh, fuck off. Fuck off. Get out of my house. <laughs> That's the best one. Right. Uh, oh, dear. Oh, God.